Big media believes you should be told what to think. We disagree. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. There's a term in economics and there's a term in political science and there's a term in law that you see across the board called unintended consequences. And what that often boils down to is I want to help somebody or protect somebody, but by doing so, it inadvertently causes other harms and problems. Is that the case when it comes to people who need housing? Can the government protect you right out of a home? Well, that's an interesting legal case that's being looked at right now. I'm joined now by Ethan Blevins. He's an attorney and a legal fellow with our friends at the Pacific Legal Foundation. And this is, I got to admit, Ethan, this is kind of a bizarre circular reasoning impact case that you've got out of Minnesota where a government says you got to have livable conditions if you're going to offer housing. And the landlords responded by saying, but that could hurt our tenants. That kind of makes my head hurt a little bit. What actually happened? So, yeah. So the city of St. Paul back in the early 2000s uh, really ramped up their housing code enforcement And so they started going after landlords for rat problems and bad sanitation and so forth. And landlords, instead of just cleaning up their act, actually sued the city and said, you're forcing us to raise rent because it's going to be expensive to fix all this stuff. And if we raise rent, then our tenants are going to be forced out. And that's going to mostly affect minorities who tend to be our poorer tenants. And so you are violating the federal fair housing laws by unintentionally harming minorities, by making us make our housing livable. You're right. I mean, it's a very bizarre sort of chain of inferences there, but that was their argument. Uh, A court of a federal court of appeals said, great, that's fine. That makes sense to us. Um, The case ultimately settled, but then there was a case in 2015 in which the Supreme court basically blessed this idea what we call disparate impact. In other words, you're not intentionally discriminating against somebody. You're trying to do something. It could be even a very good thing, like the people in St. Paul, but it has this potential negative impact on a vulnerable population. um, And therefore it violates the fair housing laws. So it's this uh, very um, sort of twisted way of looking at discrimination that unfortunately has an unintended effect of discouraging local governments from doing good things like fixing up housing. So do these cases bring into question the actual regulations in this particular case, or is this a bigger question of what the role of government should be in things like housing? Sure. It's a little bit of both. So um, the uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD, has recently adopted a couple of uh, rules that will soon come into effect that sort of double down on this idea of disparate impact in a couple of rules. They have a discriminatory effects rule they've adopted recently uh, that basically says, hey, you know what? If you um, do anything that has a negative impact on um, a minority and therefore sort of has this disparate impact, then um, you're violating the fair housing laws unless you can demonstrate that you have a legitimate interest for what you're doing. But of course, HUD's the one who decides, you know, if your interest is legitimate or not. Um, Is it legitimate to want to get rid of rats in uh, a housing complex? Well, it's going to be up to HUD. 
Um, so it tends to concentrate power in this federal agency, which means that essentially the federal agency becomes this uh, nationwide uh, regulator over housing policy instead of the local governments that really should be in charge. So is this a matter of waiting until the results happen of any sort of policy or rule and then going back and saying, okay, now we're going to decide whether it was good or bad based on the impact of it, not based on whether the concept is fair or just or legal? Yeah, so there's a little bit of both going on. The discriminatory effects rule is kind of a um, after the fact rule that um, you know, we're going to um, kind of wait and see what the impact is. Although um, HUD or a private party can sue and say, hey, we think this predictably will have a disparate impact. So we don't even have to, you know, have quantitative data that says, you know, um, in this uh, inner city suburb, the city adopted, you know, a, let's say a zoning policy that displaced these minorities. Um, the HUD or, or a private party who sues for a Fair Housing Act violation could just say, we think this will have a disparate impact and kind of put out, put forth some kind of case that it predictably will. Um, so this can occur even before these policies come into place. And HUD requires as a funding condition, you know, a lot of local governments receive funding from HUD. Um, they require these governments to create a plan about how they are going to increase racial integration, how they're going to make sure minorities have access to good schools and good jobs, et cetera. So this really has an impact on not only um, what shakes down after a policy has been adopted, but really affects what can be done in the first place. We are visiting with Ethan Blevins from the Pacific Legal Foundation. So it sounds like we've got, you know, potentially good intentions colliding with, you know, business owners. But if you've got a business owner who says, I can't afford to make a, my product livable or usable, uh, that seems to be complaining about the cost of doing business. If we're literally talking about rat infestations, which we know carry diseases or sanitation issues. So how far could the scope of, of this argument actually go? Because that is something it sounds like could affect housing, especially low-income housing throughout the country. Right. Well, the HUD does not look at the, you know, the economic feasibility sort of, 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 um, of these things, which is, I think part of the, problem. Um, and often local governments are in a catch-22 um, with respect to how they um, op- how they do housing policy. Um, for example, in a 2015 case that went to the United States Supreme Court, um, the city of Dallas had tried to put some low-income housing in the inner city of Dallas, and uh, the city of Dallas got sued. Um, by a nonprofit housing uh, advocate group. And they said, well, by putting low-income housing in the inner city, you're um, doubling down on residential segregation because we need more, um, you know, we, we need more minorities out in the suburbs. And then there was another housing advocacy group that said, no, if you build housing, you know, low-income housing on the suburbs, you're causing a disparate impact because you're not investing in inner cities. So so there's just, the city was in this impossible position where um, whatever it did with low-income housing would be a disparate impact under these sort of vying um, groups 
that were trying to um, argue over what the city should do. So uh, the the what comes of that is just that cities aren't going to do the low income housing at all. They they're they're going to scrap these projects um, that risk a lawsuit. So everybody loses. That's the unfortunate unintended consequence of these kinds of theories. And it means that the federal agency HUD really is in control is in control of what's happening at the local level. So protecting people right out of a home then, like we said a little bit earlier. Exactly. Yes. And one of the problems is that HUD has total discretion to decide what it thinks is um, a good, wise policy in furthering what uh, they just call fair housing and what is not. So there's no way for a local government to know in advance um, what HUD is going to approve of or isn't going to approve of. And it essentially leaves them uh, in the lurch. And uh, I mean, another problem here is that we have a federal structure of government in which we have sort of devolved power onto states and local governments to handle these problems as they see fit. We don't want a one size fits all solution um, nationwide. And that's exactly what HUD is trying to accomplish. All right. And where do we learn more about your work on this and everything else? So please go to our website pacificlegal.org and you can learn about our cases and legislative work all right ethan blevins thank you so much for the uh, insight i know it's complicated but it's a bigger picture discussion that everybody should be considering thanks so much for having me just ahead we've heard the argument we must affirm a young person's gender dysphoria or their mental health will suffer well there's a new study that says no their mental health will suffer if you affirm that or it could We'll talk about that just ahead right here on American Viewpoints.